Welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. This podcast by Kevin Paneskis, also known as the Property Soldier, covers all aspects of serviced accommodation and how to make it a profitable and sustainable business. Kevin started investing in property in 1991 whilst serving in the British Army and now owns a multi-million pound property portfolio and serviced accommodation business and is a best-selling author. And now your host, Kevin Paneskis. Hi, Kevin, Property Soldier here, and welcome to the Service Accommodation Property Podcast. Today, I'm going to cover choosing your SA or Service Accommodation Gold Mine Area. So it's all about supply and demand, and to be successful in any business, you have to identify demand and aim to meet that demand. So what in your area, so what's in your area that might create demand for short-term stays, but more specifically serviced accommodation. So let's talk about location then. Is there any building sites in your local area? That's going to create demand for for trades that are going to need to come and work on that building site and therefore they're going to need accommodation. Most builders are coming in from out of town. Traditionally they're going to stay in guest houses, B&Bs, etc. But nowadays an awful lot of builders are looking to stay in service accommodation instead of guest houses, B&Bs and hotels, and they're looking for service accommodation. So that's a really good pointer, looking at building sites in your local area. Town centres. An awful lot of people need to go and live and work in town centres. And yes, again, that's going to create demand for service accommodation in your area. Is there a train station nearby? A lot of people will, if they've got a service accommodation unit near a train station, then they do not have to worry too much about being able to provide parking. Because obviously people are getting off the train, short walk to the service accommodation unit, and they're not relying on a car. But yes, train stations are another good um, indicator of there being demand for SA. Theme parks. Again, I'm just going to be talking about lots of different things that you might want to be looking around you where is the nearest place to me that is going to indicate demand for service accommodation so are there any theme parks or tourist attractions anything like that nearby and remember you're not only going to be targeting tourists you're going to be targeting people who are need to go and work for short periods of time at those attractions as well is there industry nearby again There's going to be lots of people that need to go and stay for short periods of time and work in that uh, factory or industrial development. And big business. What big business do you have nearby or as near as you can to where you live? It's all about, as far as I'm concerned, choosing your gold mine area is all about what where is the nearest place to where you live and so it's just about having a look at what's near you and what is going to create demand airports is another really good one yes okay you you are going to hopefully get stays from people that are traveling but we we have um, some really good examples of, of people that are letting service accommodation units near to airports and it's actually pilots and and people that are working uh, pilots, aircrew, etc., and people that are working at the airports that are booking the service accommodation units. Remember, 
Longer stays are always better than short stays. So when you're targeting and looking at the, the demand, ideally you want to be looking at people that are going to be staying for longer periods of time. I'll talk in future episodes about this, but you want to be getting longer stays because the short stays involve cleaning and laundry and you know the same cleaning and laundry cost is going to apply for a one-night stay as will apply for a five-night stay but clearly the five-night stay is going to create you as a service combination operator an awful lot more money and that's what being in service combination is all about isn't it and making more money are there any sports venues nearby you remember it's not just sporting events that take place there there are concerts and and lots of different uh Uh, events that take place at sporting venues and if you've got one of those nearby then again there's going to be plenty of demand for service accommodation golf courses another really good one people going on golfing breaks you know whatever it is i'm not going to go through an exhaustive list but whatever it is near you that you think that people will normally stay in guest houses b&b's hotels to go and uh, visit those places Guess what? If you've got service accommodation as well, or you can provide service accommodation in those areas as well, then you are going to be able to get bookings. I'll talk in a later episode about how you advertise your service accommodation units, but we're just talking about demand for now. And uh, conference centres. Conference centres is another really good one um, to be targeting. So that should just give you a flavour of some of the, the different... Uh, places that can establish demand in fact something else that's come into my head hospitals hospitals are really uh, good people especially visiting families they live out of town and they're just going to need to come and live and stay for periods of time normally hotels but guess what service accommodation would be the alternative and universities as well is a really good one we get lots of uh, bookings in our service accommodation units because of the fact that we've got universities nearby us Another useful resource that you might want to look for that is out there is what's called a hotel futures report. Now, a lot of hotels, they they get consultants in, they spend tens of thousands of pounds to assess demand for hotels in that particular area before they go and build one. And an awful lot of these hotels, they actually put the hotel futures report on the internet that any one of us can just go and google so wherever your town is you can just google hotel futures report and your town whatever that wherever that is and you might be able to pull one of these hotel futures report off and again the main thing that it will teach you is is there enough demand for short stays in that area so that's that's a useful little tip for everybody another thing that you can do is Go on to Wikipedia, just just Google your town and Wikipedia will come up and that will give you lots of information about your area and what's specific to your area and you'll see lots of <clears throat> attractions, etc. in your area and that's going to give you a good idea of why people might want to come to your town for whatever uh, particular reason. Let's talk now. So we talked about location. We're going to talk now about who you're going to target. So what type of people are likely to come to your area depending on what's you know what attractions what things are in your area is it going to be white collar workers so your contractors um you know it consultants etc those types of people is it those people 
because guess what? We're going to come on to this in a minute. You want to be providing the right accommodation for those types of people. So is it going to be, you know, workers, blue collar workers, so building contractors, etc. Is it going to be those types of people coming to your area or is it going to be just traditional holiday makers or people just visiting family? Is it going to be those? Because you're going to try and meet, um, cater for the types of people that are coming to your area. But don't get too held up. Don't focus too much on this. You're just going to create your avatar, if you like, a person that's likely to come. But guess what? You're going to get all of the above coming and staying in your units. So a typical example is if you were going to cater for tradesmen and and women, clearly, then you might decide just to put single beds into into your rooms and not provide double beds you know hey if they want to push the the bed together then who am I to judge that's that's absolutely fine it's up to them but to start off with they've got single beds but we we do that and yes we get a lot of trades coming and staying but we also get families coming and staying as well so you you, uh, you just take anyone that actually comes and books but you do try and cater for the demand of people that are actually coming so what type of property is serviced accommodation then a lot of people have a perception that it's you know fancy waterside or fancy town center apartments and that is serviced accommodation well my answer to that is yes it is but that isn't that isn't only what you know the type of property that works as service accommodation there's lots of different properties that work as serviced accommodation so yeah it could just be uh, apartments but also it is normal houses and it can be just normal terraced houses as well. We have got apartments, yes, but we've also got houses that work perfectly well as service accommodation. The terraced houses, we target the, the trades or tradesmen and women for those terraced houses. And they work absolutely brilliantly well. And, you know, mentioned earlier about meeting demand. Well, the, the really cool thing about accommodating tradesmen is you, it's a lot less seasonal than the holiday maker type of market. Tradesmen and women need to work all year round, all year round in your towns and cities. And normally, guess what? They get, they would look to stay in guest houses, B and Bs, and hotels. But they will also, if you can provide service accommodation, be able to stay in your service accommodation units. And you're going to be able to save those people a lot of money. You know, you could have a two bedroomed house. That can accommodate five tradesmen in that two-bedroom house. And you can be picking up £200 a night from that two-bedroom house. But that £200 a night for you represents an awful lot of saving for them. Imagine how many, how much it's going to cost them all to have a hotel room each. And one of the other things is that the tradesmen really like the fact that they don't have to be eating in the, the restaurant in the hotel. That costs a lot of money. They tend to end up buying beer at the bar, etc. That costs a lot of money. So it's an awful lot of, uh, you know, it's a really important cost saving for tradesmen to come and stay in service accommodation units. And we're noticing year on year a massive shift in behaviour. And tradesmen and women are looking for service accommodation first now before they're looking to to stay in hotels and guest houses and B&Bs. And from that end of the spectrum, you can you target really high end and have really high end properties. 
and all of the above depending on who is coming to your town and your city that's the type that's who you're going to uh, cater for and you should target that type of property depending on those people so one of the other things that we recommend people do is who is the competition we recommend you looking at your competitors and what are they offering and one of the things that you can do is actually go on to booking.com. Most people have heard of Airbnb and, you know, Airbnb as a, as a means of uh, providing service accommodation. But for an awful lot of uh, trained service accommodation operators, uh, we find that booking.com is a much better online travel agent for us to get bookings than Airbnb. And that might surprise a few people. We get... I would suggest 90% of our bookings in from booking.com and about 5% of our bookings in from Airbnb and then we, we get an awful lot of bookings in from other sources as well. But in terms of the OTAs, about 90% of our bookings in from booking.com. So have a look at booking.com and you will be able to see, it will show you a map of where all the other service accommodation units are in your area and it's also going to show you where the hotels are in your area as well and what we suggest that you do is is target or try to model yourself on the the hotels and also service combination units that are scoring above i would suggest at least above 8.5 out of 10 so when people have stayed um, in hotels and service accommodation and they've booked via booking.com booking.com invite them to review their stay and it's out of 10 so guess what you shouldn't be trying to model yourself on you know the units that are getting bad review scores but you know I, I would suggest below eight isn't that great what i what we always do is make sure that we're getting above 8.5s and most of our service accommodation units are well over nine average review scores so have a look at those and try and model yourself on those units have a look at their photos have a look at their reviews and see what they're doing right and see what they're doing wrong now with your competitors you can also have a look at what is being offered in your area and you might realize that you can you can you know corner the market if you like and provide something that most service accommodation operators in your area are not providing now just about everyone's going to be offering free wi-fi that's a given your your guests will put up with an awful lot in today today's um, society but they will not put up without wi-fi you might have a roof missing they'll forgive you the roof being missing they won't forgive you no wi-fi so yeah, Wi-Fi is a given, but how many are allowing pets in? Just an example, have a look on, on booking.com and it will show you how many hotels and service combination units are allowing pets. And you might have a, you know, a house with a garden that could be pet friendly and you could decide to allow pets in. One of the things that I would suggest that you do with pets is take a, a deposit and make sure that you find out exactly what pets are coming. You might have a limit on one dog, maybe two dogs, but you're certainly not going to entertain 10. And you're going to take a deposit and you can make it very clear that any damage 
caused by the pets, you're going to take money from the deposit and if necessary, also bill the, the credit card because you will have people's credit card details as well. So yeah, just an example of things. You might have a hot tub or something like that and that's going to stand out from the competition. So have a look at that and see whether or not you can provide something along those lines. Another little top tip for you that I've got is that many service combination operators are only on Airbnb and they're missing a trick to be honest because if they're only on Airbnb then they could be getting a lot more bookings so what I would suggest you do is if you also check Airbnb to look at competitors in your area have a look at what they're charging per night but also go and see if that exact same unit is on booking.com as well because if it's also on booking.com then that will give you a pretty good idea as to the demand for that unit and if they are on Airbnb and they accept what's called instant book now instant book means that somebody can just decide they want to stay you know monday to friday it's available they click they press the button on their on their computer or their phone or whatever and it is booked and if that airbnb unit or that airbnb operator allows instant book then you can actually look at their forward bookings on their calendar which is a really really useful thing to be able to do because you can see the price point and then you can also see how many bookings they're getting at that price point now remember you do only want to be modeling yourself on the listings that are getting good review scores. So with Airbnb, you the people that have stayed are invited to review and out of five stars. So obviously the best is going to be a five-star rating. So it's slightly different um, than the way Booking.com do it. So modeling your yourself on an Airbnb listing that is getting above four stars is what I would suggest that you do. What is their price point and what is their forward bookings? But it's only really relevant on the Airbnb if if they are also on booking.com. Hopefully that is um, clear for you. So other ways that you can assess demand for service accommodation is the, the Chamber of Commerce. You can go onto the Chamber of Commerce website for your town and it will tell you what is coming in your area any big business that's coming any any new projects that are about to happen in your area you can you can get yourself set up in advance of that happening go on to visit britain visit england putting in your town as well and that will give you attractions events things that are happening fates shows etc and what you want to be doing with those once you've got your service combination units up and running is Make sure that your prices are increased. For let's say there's a um, a concert happening in your town, and Robbie Williams, let's say, is coming to your town. There's a concert happening, and and it's been announced, and it and it's next year. Well, guess what? You want to be making sure your prices are, are increased for that weekend um, next year. But we're talking about demand right now. So again, that's something for a later episode. In later episode, in terms of getting your pricing correct, but again, going on to visit Britain and visit England is going to uh, tell you what's coming in your area, and you'll be able to assess demand for that too. So, what price can you achieve? Um, I, I also do trainings um, on service accommodation. 
with my uh, training partners at Progressive Property. And what we actually do is we go through pricing analysis and we, we, we enter all the information. So when you're looking at your competitors and how much they're charging per night, etc., we enter all the information onto a spreadsheet. So you could you know, come with us and, and, and help and we can help you create your spreadsheet and how to populate it. Or you can obviously create your own spreadsheet. That's absolutely fine. And you're putting in the price per night, but you're also going to be putting in how much per person. So the reason why this is important is you mustn't be distracted by how much the initial price looks when you're going on to Airbnb and Booking.com for a service accommodation unit because most of us have seen the initial price for something and then when you eventually get through to the payment page, it's it's gone up significantly, right? So service accommodation is the same. When you're putting in... The fact that you want, you know, one night, two night, three night, four nights, whatever it may be, and it might be for five different people, then the price per night per person is is included. And so, you, when you're populating your spreadsheet, you want to be capturing all that information, and that's how you get a true idea of actually how much that service accommodation operator is earning per night. So that's a really key thing because I get an awful lot of people coming to me saying service accommodation doesn't work in my area because I've looked and you can stay in places for 60 quid per night. Well, no, you can't. If you don't actually click through to the payment page for more than one person, you'll see that it's actually £100 per night. So a lot of operators, they add their cleaning fees on um, when you get to the, the payment page. So it's just worth worth uh, understanding that is the dynamic of this situation. So with your pricing, then you need to set a minimum rate that covers your costs at 50% occupancy. That is what I would suggest. If you're breaking even at 50% occupancy, then you've definitely got a service accommodation unit that works. You've got to decide on your cost per extra person. Now, that is market driven. You've got to see what your competitors are doing. You're not going to be able to, if your competitors are charging £15 extra per person per night you're not going to get away with 30 quid you're going to have to you know 20 quid might be the most you could alter from that so have a look and see what your competitors are doing and replicate that will are you going to charge a separate cleaning fee that's again market driven what are your competitors doing replicate that and repeat discounts once people we we like to think of booking.com and airbnb a little bit like a dating website they know that once people come and stay and they've had their commission and and they've you know provided your guests to you that there's absolutely nothing wrong with you inviting them to book with you direct next time and they can come direct to your website or you can give them a you know your phone number and they can phone you direct and you can just book them in offering them a discount to come directly to you. So that's a really useful tool to be avoiding the online travel agent uh, commissions and to be incentivizing your guests to come directly back to you next time. So the other thing that you need to be doing when you're doing your due diligence and assessing your goldmine area is your costs. You need to understand what your costs are going to be. So due diligence is all about getting to understand whether or not it's going to work before you actually spend any of your money. So how much is it going to cost to do your company setup and your accounting? Get quotes um, from accountants uh, to be able to do that for you. Insurance, you're going to need, in some instances, professional indemnity insurance, 
and you're going to need public liability insurance to be operating your service accommodation unit, so get quotes on that. And furniture and soft furnishings, are you going to buy it? Are you going to hire it? Um, You've got to understand the costs of that. And cleaning is a really important thing that you've got to get right. Your cleaners are so important um, to your service accommodation business. And one of the things that I would say is your cleaners should be able to clean on a Sunday. If you've got cleaners that can also clean on a Sunday, then you're going to be able to take an awful lot more bookings because if your guests check out on a Sunday, you're going to want that property turned around back to its show home condition on that Sunday because guess what? That means that somebody could check in on a Sunday night and they might want to be in town for their business meeting first thing Monday morning and they're going to stay from Monday through to Friday, let's say. You would not get that booking unless your property was available for a check-in on a Sunday. So if your cleaners are able to clean on Sundays, then you're going to make an awful lot more money as a service accommodation operator. And I see so many people just think, oh, do you know what? I don't think it's really going to matter about cleaning on Sundays. And they're missing a trick. They really are. So that's an important thing. So get quotes from your cleaners. But remember, don't be distracted. Your cleaner might say the hourly rate we charge is you know, £12 an hour. Remember, are they VAT registered or not? Because you're going to be paying that VAT. But how much are they charging per hour is important. How much redundancy have they got? You want to be able to make sure your properties are getting cleaned. You know, If one of the cleaners is sick or on holiday, there needs to be enough redundancy with those cleaners to be able to to clean your properties and you want to be asking your cleaners when you're getting quotes how many hours they are going to allocate for a property because you might just have a studio apartment they might say yeah we charge 12 pounds an hour and you you could you know mistakenly believe that that's how much you're going to get charged because surely it's not going to take them more than an hour right but guess what they've got to travel They've got to park, they've got to lug all their stuff up to your property, they've got to do the clean, and then they've got to travel to their next appointment. In an awful lot of circumstances, 12 quid is just not going to be worth their while. So they might actually charge you, even though it's an apartment or a studio apartment, a two-hour minimum. So you you need to make sure that you ask your cleaners how much the, the actual cost is going to be. doesn't matter what the hourly rate is, how much. And what we actually prefer to do is have a set fee, a set amount. We don't actually want to be in a situation where if they take two and a half hours cleaning a property, they bill us two and a half hours because we would just want to know exactly where we stand and how much our cleaning cost is going to be. Sometimes it's going to take them less time. Sometimes it's going to take them more time. But if they just have a set amount that they're going to charge you, then that's the way we like to do our business and the cleaners that we've used prefer that system as well. So linen then, that's another thing that you're going to have to factor in. You're going to need to provide the linen for your service accommodation. Are you going to hire it? Are you going to buy it? So you need to be getting quotes from linen companies that operate in your area. Again, Google's a wonderful tool. You can just Google this stuff and they will pop up. So get quotes off them for hiring and buying linen from them and also how much they're going to charge you for Um, doing the laundry and cleaning the linen so a lot of people get their laundry done by their cleaners that's okay but if you want to scale 
then I would suggest you need to actually go to a professional linen company if you want to get more and more units because again it's a lot easier for them to press the linen as well once it's been cleaned and your cleaners it's important that you set up a system so that your cleaners work really well with your your laundry provider as well then there's utilities including broadband how much is a lot of people underestimate how much is the gas and the electric all those things going to cost you need to factor that in i'm going to talk about uh, rent to service accommodation um, shortly so with renting on another episode i beg your pardon i'm going to be talking about rent to service accommodation but with rent to service accommodation you're going to be paying the the utility bills as well so you've got to just find out how much that costs and how much is the broadband going to cost as well remember your guests are going to be wanting free wi-fi so get quotes on that you're going to be need to pay the tv licenses if it's your own unit or if you're doing a rent to sa as well so to factor that in and then there's council tax in most instances you're going to be paying the council tax or it could be business rate, so find out how much that is. So to start off with, you're going to be starting on paying the council tax. A little tip for you, you can you can go onto the app store and there's an app called the Council Tax Finder app and you can put in the postcode of a property and it's going to tell you how much the council tax is going to be on that property so you can actually find out in advance um, how much that's going to cost. I'll talk a little bit about business rates in another episode i'll talk about i'll cover business rates and specifically how much business rates is likely to cost you if you do end up going on to business rates but also the fact that you can get small business rates relief and if you're getting the right advice you can end up in a situation where you're not only not paying council tax you're actually not paying business rates as well because of small business rates relief but i'll cover that on another episode of this podcast So hopefully you found that useful. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you do have any suggestions for me on future podcast things that you'd like me to cover, then you can find me. My Facebook page is uh, The Property Soldier. You can find me on that and you can message me on my Facebook page to give me any feedback on the podcast or anything that you'd like me to cover in future episodes. So hopefully you enjoyed that podcast. Thank you for listening. Until the next episode, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. If you have any suggestions on future content for this podcast, please message Kevin via his Facebook page, Property Soldier.